Hello and welcome to River Talk, where we sit down with some of the Rivertown area's most interesting and notable people. Today I'm sitting down with Ms. Deborah Malone. She's the outgoing president of the Hudson Valley Gateway Chamber of Commerce. I got all that right. You're doing uh, good. <laughs> Ms. Malone, thank you so much for sitting down with me. Well, thank you for having me. Wonderful. So um, you are reaching the end of a 12-year run yes. as president mm-hmm. of the chamber, and I'm assuming you were involved in it before that as well. Yes, I was. I Actually, I joined the board of the Chamber of Commerce when I was working for Guide Communications back, I believe it was in 1993, and um, I served on the board for many years. I was chairman of the board from 2005 to 2007, and was back on the board again in 2010 when the job opened and I decided I was I love chambers of commerce I really truly believed them and I knew I could do some good things here and I decided to make a quality of life decision and leave my corporate job for the Hudson Valley Gateway Chamber of Commerce so you bring up that these organizations are a great thing for the community mm-hmm. now for those listening who who don't really know what a chamber of commerce really is or does. Uh, Give us kind of a brief rundown of the services you provide. Well, you know, that is a question I get asked all the time. What does a chamber do? A chamber is a business organization, but we're also an information center. We are membership-based, and right now our chamber serves Croton, Cortland, Peekskill, and Putnam Valley. We offer so many different services. We provide networking opportunities for members. We provide promotional opportunity for members. We do community events. We also go ahead and do a legislative advocacy for members. We do tourism. We're a regional tourism center. The chamber has a foundation. So we do scholarships and workforce development through that. So you can't really say what a chamber of commerce is because a chamber of commerce wears so many different hats. And that's what I love about the job. No two days are the I get to speak to people, get to meet businesses, but speak to people all over the country. Because by virtue of our name, Hudson Valley Gateway Chamber, when people don't know where to start, again, they start at a chamber of commerce. And so because we're Hudson Valley, anybody who wants to come to the Hudson Valley will find us, and I get all the calls. But it's also local residents coming in looking for notary publics, looking for certificate of origin services for shipping. Um, We also have information on uh, the municipalities. We work very closely with the municipalities and the uh, Business Council of Westchester and Business Council of New York State. So there's there's a lot going on in that office. Yeah, it certainly sounds like a a wide-ranging skill set that you need to have to be uh, involved in this. You have to to be um, able to switch gears very quickly and um, be very, very organized uh, and prioritize, multitask. But that's what I find exciting. I'm a little ADD. If I had to sit in front of a computer all day and and punch numbers, I would go crazy. So, uh, you know, let's take it back. You said that you first got involved in the, in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, w- what was your job like then, and, and what was uh, your kind of introduction to the chamber? Well, I was vice president of marketing and sales for Guide Communications. We published our local phone directories and magazines. And I always believed in a chamber of commerce, even before I started working because I always knew that if you're going someplace new and you wanted to get some information, you had to start with the Chamber of Commerce. And I knew also that if I was looking for accommodations, restaurants, I would always look at the Chamber list because the people who belonged to Chambers of Commerce were people who were very committed to their community and believed in their community. So I know they were really good businesses. With that said, when I took the job at Guy Communications and my sales staff, I encouraged them, well, basically told them them, that we had to join 
all the chambers in the areas we were involved in. That was 22 different communities. And um, I wanted them all to get involved in the chamber, but not just go to a meeting, but actually join committees because people do business with people they know. And that's how you start building relationships. And, and that's how we really built the product. So I knew the value of chambers. And so when the guide was sold to Yellow Book back in 2007, after I transitioned my sales team and the, the accounts over to Yellow Book, I decided I had enough of that life. And um, I wanted to really give back to the community and take what I had learned over the years of marketing with the guide because we did all grassroots marketing. We didn't have major marketing budget. So what I would do is I would go out to each community, had street fairs, things like that, and we would take tables and hand out the product and meet people. And so that's what I knew, that a chamber, as even if it's a big chamber, it's still grassroots. It's still your community. In our office, too, people come in. It's like the spot people come in just to talk, to say, hi, how you doing? So it's, it's, it's a very, it's a welcoming office. I mean, it's interesting you bring this up. The first interview I did for this podcast was with uh, Vivian McKenzie, who is now the mayor of Peekskill, and she was talking about how she had a background in insurance sales mm -hmm. and how after a while that sort of community grassroots, on-the-ground version of sales kind of evaporated, and it wasn't as personal no, uh, no, and when you work for corporations, everybody has to fill the same hole. Everybody has to have the same skill sets, and, and that's not true with individuals. And the success I had at the guide was I used the salespeople to their best skill set. You had to have that flexibility, and in corporations, and it's, it's by virtue of how large they are, that they have to be institutional and, and have the same rules for everybody. But it was something that I felt that I could take what I had learned and apply it to the Chamber of Commerce. Yeah, that sort of personal, hands-on, mm -hmm. um, obviously, having a background mm -hmm. in sales, mm -hmm. uh, you're used to networking, you're used to talking with different people, meeting different people, mm -hmm listening to different people. You know, obviously there was a big crossover with that. There was a very big crossover. And I had no, and I had worked in this area since the early 90s. So I had known so many businesses because, you know, I too would sell and I had accounts here. So I knew so many people already. So when I came to the chamber, a lot of people already knew me. So the, the transition was very smooth. Sure. Well, uh, you rose the ranks, you <laughs> became president, uh, you served in that role for 12 years, <laughs> and by all accounts, it was quite a productive 12 years. It was. We, we, I accomplished a lot over the 12 years. When I first got there, I recognized there was a need for more marketing of the members. And um, what I did was, I, first of all, um, I gave them free advertising in our weekly e-blasts. So if they were a member of the chamber and they had an event or a special they wanted to promote, they would send it to me and I would put it in the e-blast. And that became very popular. So I think we're one of the very few chambers who actually do this on a weekly basis. So it's the free advertising. I brought back the membership directory. Because of my background in publishing, sure. um, I created a membership directory that was also a magazine, like a visitor and community guide. So not only did it have the membership information in the back, but it also had profiles on each municipality, things to do, places to stay, restaurants. So it became a very useful tool. And it was also another advantage to our members that um, they were listed in there. And if they wanted to purchase an ad, they, they could at an additional 
cost, but that was up to them. But, you know, that was very successful. And three years ago, it actually went digital. So um, we have printed directories, which are distributed at all the hotels and real estate offices, um, the toll house, any of really high-profile locations and municipalities. But also, too, we have the digital version, which is interactive on the Chamber's homepage. You mentioned that you introduced this kind of e-blast mm-hmm. thing. Now, over the past 12 years, technology, social media, that's become a very big part of the marketing world and, and the business world. How have you involved that in what you do? Well, we had actually hired an independent contractor to do our social media. I knew it was very important to have a very big social media presence out there, and all the successful uh, nonprofits and organizations do. Um, so we brought somebody in to do our social media for us, um, who, not that I couldn't, but that's his job. So he knows how to tag, he knows how he's involved in a million different groups and sure, things like sure. that. So he could he really upped our profile on social media and that's with um, Facebook, LinkedIn and Instagram. I don't tweet. Okay? <laughs> You're not gonna find me on Twitter. Um, it's it, but you know technology has changed a great deal. It changes constantly sure. and it's very hard sometimes to keep up with it all. And you know, over the last couple of years when we were really virtual, I learned a lot lot of new programs. Um, Zoom. I didn't know Zoom existed (laughs) before 2020, okay? But now it's part of my daily life. Um, You know, uh, Boardable, which is a a program for boards of directors and things like that. Basically, you can send out information and you can have all your budgets and minutes, everything stored in the platform, Mm -hmm. okay? Loom, that's another new one. You can record training videos on that. Canva, it's a graphics program. And since we didn't have a major budget for marketing, I decided to learn how to do my own flyers. They're not as good as a professional, but they're pretty okay. They're okay. <laughs> they're okay. <laughs> sure. I mean, I, I feel like that kind of resourcefulness is is part of being a small business owner in general. It's it, just it, if, if, if you don't know how to do something, you either learn it or you find someone who does. Yes. You know? and, and you know what? You just said something very important because the chamber is a small business. Right? People look at a chamber, oh, it's a chamber of commerce. We're also a small business. We struggled over the last couple of years, like all the small businesses in our area, or even the large businesses have, okay? And the chamber played a very important role during COVID. Um, and we were the clearinghouse for all information. I would get information from New York State, from the different business councils that I would disseminate out to the membership. And uh, the PPP loans, we actually received PPE equipment. Um, we also received face masks and, and testing kits uh, through the county that we were able to distribute to, through our members. Sherry Asher, when George Latimer was elected, he brought Sherry in to kind of be the liaison to all the chambers of commerce. So she keeps us all kind of connected. We were also able to get business first loan through Westchester County because they did a first round of loans for small businesses during the pandemic. But then they recognized that the chambers were struggling too. So they provided us with an opportunity for for grant money as well. And, And that helped us keep going. I'm very proud of what this chamber done in the last two years. We really assisted a lot of businesses. A lot of businesses uh, had good feedback on, you know, how helpful we were to them. And when the pandemic first hit, I know I got on the phone when it really got very serious and we were quarantined. Everything was shut down. I got on the phone with a lot of my members just to check up on them. And we had conversations. It wasn't just about business. It's, we had general conversations. And that, again, is a connection. 
It's a connection. The businesses appreciated the calls, but you also connect more with them as people. And, and I mean, that's really what, what sets it apart from a lot of other organizations, I feel, is that that connection with your members. Yeah, so, you know, I have a very good relationship with my members, and again, I'm very proud of what this uh, small business community has done and the resiliency that they have shown. Yeah. The Hudson Valley, uh, Peekskill in particular, there's a real estate boom, there's an influx of new residents. It's it's an interesting time to it, be in the small business yes. community in this area. And I'm very hopeful for this community, too, because with all the residential housing that is being built, um, there's going to be a need for more small business, because the more people you bring in, the ser- you need, they need services. Sure. And, so, and, and a lot of these uh, buildings are mixed use. Yes. So you, you have a lot of storefronts that are waiting to be filled. When I first came to Peekskill... It isn't what Peaks Hill is today. Uh, I came here in 1990, and, you know, I've seen the phoenix rising out of the ashes again, you know, with, with the artist district. I was on the board of the Peaks Hill Business Improvement District for a while and changed the zoning for downtown for the live workspace. You know, I saw the art lofts go up and just... It, it, it just started changing, and new people coming in. I've seen a lot of young people come in, and um, you go to the coffee house, and I don't. I think I'm old. All right, <laughs> there's a lot of young people in this community, which is great. And I think because this area offers so much to people, and a lot of people coming up from the city, they they, they want a place that they can raise their kids, that they but and they they can have recreation and recreational opportunities, but they also want some type of an urban setting. And this is what Peekskill offers. It has a downtown, restaurants, music, art, and it's only an hour from the city. I'm a big fan. (laughs) (laughs) So tell me about, uh, you you started before, but tell me about specifically some of the things that have occurred over uh, your 12-year tenure that you're particularly proud of. Well, I I would love to, okay? (laughs) I have a list here. Um, I created a visitor kiosk in the chamber lobby. Uh, there was an ante room between um, the front door and the office space, so I used that opportunity to build a, a kiosk, which is open seven days a week, and members are allowed to put information. People come in all the time picking up information, and also I put a bulletin board outside the chamber that I post events on, so I see people stopping by looking looking at that. And this is the main office in and, downtown Yes, Peaksville. 1 South Division Street. So before that, so we now we have an outside bulletin board with upcoming events. We have a visitor kiosk that is open for people who take information about the area, and we get a lot of tourists up here. I'm always saying, how do you find the chamber? you know but they they find us um and you know we i updated the website and uh, we just relaunched a new home page again uh but it became a a lot more user-friendly than what we had before we have done a lot of community work we have a lot of events we did the hudson valley exposition on the first weekend in august which was so much fun and then we also did the clothing swap where people would donate clothing good clothing okay and then and we'd put it all up like a store, and people would come in, pay $20 for a bag, and they can take whatever they want, fill that bag up. So that was very successful. I increased the membership to over 500. We were named the Chamber of the Year by the uh, Business Council of New York State in 2015. Uh, in 2015 is when the Chamber celebrated its 100th anniversary, and I put together a big gala that we honored 20 businesses 
uh, besides ourselves who was 100 years or more in business here. So imagine having a community where you can find 20 businesses and organizations who have been in existence for 100 years. We that all, is pretty incredible. It's really incredible. Yeah. And we put together a uh, anniversary program where a lot of the, we take old archival pictures of the city of Peekskill business community. And I had the business owners previously who had those businesses or even presently sponsor those photos. So I had a lot of people who, Peekskill had a very, very big uh, Jewish merchants um, in our downtown. The Feldmans and the Rosoffs and uh, the Gibbs, they were all big families here in town who had retail businesses for many years. Downtown Peekskill was your shopping mall. Oh, it was, uh, uh, okay. I mean, I've heard it, it was okay. known for its uh, department stores yeah, and yeah. shoe stores. So we, we got this, we, we put together this whole pictorial of looking at the old archival pictures and I got to see Peekskill in a very different light myself because, you know, when urban renewal came in and a lot of the older buildings were, were taken down for good reason because they were falling down, I got to see what the city looked like prior to that. And so, you know, I can go up on uh, Park Street and say, oh, you know, that was, you know, that was this. So that was, that's, you know, that's that now. It's just like, it's, it was so, it, it was very interesting for me to get to learn about our community um, from the eyes of businesses who were here back in the 40s and 50s. And it, it was a wonderful night and it was really fun to do. It was lots of fun. And in fact, if anybody wanted to take a look at the video which we did for that event, you can go on uh, Hudson Valley Gateway YouTube page and 100th anniversary video. One of the things I'm really, really proud of is um, I started a foundation, a, a philanthropic um, arm for the, for the Chamber of Commerce. And a chamber is a 501c6. And for us to do some grants and get grants, we needed to be a 501c3. So back in 2017, um, I, finally got the go-ahead to, you know, really move forward on the foundation. So we created the Hudson Valley Gateway Chamber Foundation. Its mission is to support scholarships, tourism, because we got the tourism center, and also um, workforce development. Every year, the chamber gives out six academic scholarships, one to each graduating senior in each of our regional high schools. And then we also give out four additional vocational scholarships. I added the vocational scholarships into this three years ago because um, I realized that a lot of people, they don't go from high school to necessarily to a four-year college. Some of them want to do vocations, and like myself too. When I got out of high school, I went to Berkeley and a secretarial school, which is now Berkeley College. And then once I, I, I got a job, I went at night and got my degree, okay, because I that was something I wanted to do for myself. But you know, so I felt it was important that you know, the chamber not only give out academic scholarships, but they give out vocational scholarships for, for people who young people who are pursuing trades. Yeah. We also have, you know, I we have done so much with the Business Council of Westchester. We, I've been involved with them on their government action council and um, things like the airport um, and the tables at Empire City we've been supportive of. And we've been very involved with the local issues that are affecting our community. The chamber was very involved with the Indian Point closure, and we supported Indian Point getting their relicensing. I looked at it very pragmatically, and um, what I did was um, I arranged for tours down to Indian Point and allowed people who had questions to actually do a tour of the plant to see 
its safety and what they did down there to make sure that everything was done right and kept safe. You know, I was on their stakeholders meeting, so I was updated constantly on any issues that were going on down there. But then once the closure happened and the closure was announced, I was put on the decommissioning uh, panel to oversee that. And uh, that was very interesting, too. You're never going to have everybody agreeing when it comes to nuclear decommissioning or nuclear power or, you know, green power. I'm working with battery storage companies. You're going to see more battery storage facilities coming in because we need to support the grid. And the more people who come up here, the more electricity that's going to be needed. For wind power is great, but if it's not windy, there's no power. And solar is great. But if there's no sun, there's nothing charging. So you need something as a backup. It's certainly not the answer to everything, but it's definitely going to be supporting the grid. And we also need rateables for our communities. That's very important. I mean, you know, people have to understand when they say, not in my backyard, but what does that mean? Rateables improves your quality of life, okay? I think every municipality I've worked with, they always have the right focus on wanting to do right for their community. And so, you know, you have to go through the planning boards and, and zoning boards and things like sure. that. You know, they take it very seriously. So I think, you know, people say, I don't want this here, I don't want that. That's the immediate reaction. But think about the long term, how it will help you. And give credit to the local municipalities to vet it out properly. Uh, so, you know, we get involved in a lot of that, and yeah. it's interesting. It's, it's, all, it's, all very in, it's all very interesting. I was on the DRI when PISO got awarded the $10 million. Sure. They put me on the panel, DRI panel, community panel. So we were meeting once a month going over all of, you know, first kind of creating the need, what, what, what was needed, and then refining that. That was extremely interesting to see what happened, you know, how it kind of all rolled it out. And now we're going to start seeing some of the things that we had discussed in these meetings actually come to fruition. So we're very excited about that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure over the past 12 plus years, you've been able to see a lot of things come to fruition. Oh, yeah. That yeah. must be a very rewarding thing. It, 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 it has been. It's been a you know, very rewarding experience for me. I'm going to miss it. I can't say I won't miss it, but I won't miss getting up at 530 in the morning. Okay. <laughs> um, and, you know, I, I even myself, I'm going to go continue on. You know, I'm not retiring from work. I'm just retiring from the chamber. It's been 12 years. It's time for new blood. I think I've done everything I could there. There's other opportunities, consulting opportunities and things waiting for me. And just kind of taking a little bit, little bit easier. You know, I'll balance my life out. And certainly, you know, I've made a lot of friends over the 12 years. And I love this community. So yeah, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> I'm just not going to be sitting in that office. <laughs> well, that's good to hear that you'll be out there somewhere. Thank you so much for sitting down with me. This was a great conversation. Thank you so much for having me. And you have a wonderful rest of your day. River Talk is a production of Rivertown's Media, publishers of the River Journal and River Journal North. For more information, check out riverjournalonline.com slash rivertalk. Do you know someone from the area who would make a great guest on our show? Let us know at rivertalk at rivertownsmedia.com. River Talk is executive produced by Alan Begun and Bruce Apar of Rivertowns Media. 
I'm Christian Larson, and I'll see you next time.